0: Amen brother, appreciate you. Mark chapter 9, y'all believe the Lord is looking down on us tonight? I mean do we really believe it? I appreciate the good message, good scriptures, thought and the, the, you know you got to have a teachable spirit, you got to want it. Of course, God gives you that, but you've got to want it. We're living in a day and time when a lot of people don't want it. They're not going to do anything with it. I don't believe God wastes grace. You ain't going to use it, He ain't going to give it. He's got four and He knows it. So we need to get our hearts right with God. I think God's looking down on us. I'm going to preach a confessing message tonight. We don't confess much anymore. I'm going to confess one of the biggest issues I think our churches have. I think preachers have it. And I'm confessing for me too. This starts with me. Introspect. Looking within. Trying to, speaking to the Lord. Meditating on His Word. Praying. Lord, what? what? Something ain't right. Now now let me say this. And I'm going to be judgment day honest. I go around, been going around for 30 something years preaching. And I don't I know some preachers gonna get up here behind me and say you can't live on yesterday's blessings. I realize that. But folks, there's some things in the Bible, there arose another generation that knew not the Lord, nor the mighty works he had done for Israel. And so there is something to that. There is something to losing what God has blessed us with and what we've had in days gone by. And revival is a return to that. And that's what we want. And I said this morning, if, it, if, we're, if this ain't going to be beneficial, if we're not going to get a touch from God, we might as well go fishing over here somewhere. We're wasting our time. And we're wasting God's time. We're going to end up in judgment, giving an account for something we really didn't want. We stood up here or sat out there and acted like we wanted it. So I'm confessing tonight. I'm confessing tonight. Mark chapter 9. Let's read a few verses of Scripture together. Beginning in verse 14. Jesus had come down off the Mount of Transfiguration. And the Bible says, And when he had came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And when he asked the scribes, And he asked the scribes, What what question ye with them? Now the Lord never asked a question because he didn't know. Jesus never did learn nothing. He didn't have to, he didn't, he knew what they were doing. But he was, it's a teaching, it's, it's, he's asking this question to get them to, you know, be open and he's fixing to do something. So he says, What question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and said, Sayeth, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Can I just say, and this ain't the message, but you don't bring them to us. We can't do it. Okay, you gotta be, they got to get to the Lord. That's why I'm so I'm against this, this preacher mediation stuff that goes on today. Okay, you 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 know, you can have a service, you can have them there, and you can have all the people there, but if, if sinners don't get to the Lord, ain't nothing going to happen. Jesus said, bring him unto me. And he's still staying that today. Okay. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, "Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him." And the spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. but Jesus took him by the hand, nobody ever died in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately. Here's the message. Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Okay, and I'm going to read Luke's account. Don't turn just to stay where you're at. Luke's account says, As a result of him casting that foul spirit out and they were all amazed at the mighty power of God I'm preaching tonight on we've got everything but the power of God we've got everything but the power of God in our day we're living in a day I believe we're living in a day of this kind he says right here this kind now they had been casting out devils he had sent them out before but they run into something they ain't never seen before. And I'm telling you tonight, brethren, we've run, we've, we've gone run into something we ain't never seen before. This kind, he said, is different than all that other. We're living in the days of this kind. And we're going to have to bear down. We, 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 we heard the message well ago. We're going to have to bear down greater. It's going to take more. We're going to have to go further. What do we see today in, in church work? We don't see that. Now, I'm confessing tonight. I'm confessing to God, and I'm confessing our sins and our faults. And He said, if you'll confess your faults one to another and acknowledge it and pray for one another, God will heal you. And that's what we need. Our churches need healing tonight. We need the power of God to heal us, to show up for us. And we don't have it. Going all over. Went to a church last night. Listen, folks, we've got We've got everything but the power of God. We need to see the mighty power of God. Now, I have, I have seen God do things in services before. I'm talking about the mighty power of God where there was no man that could take credit for it. I mean, I've seen people uh, just in a corner turning round and round not knowing which way to go. In the undone, Woe is me for I am undone. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hope. And when and when you see him like that, then you see yourself for who you are. I'm unclean. I'm wicked. I'm no good. We we don't have that. When's the last time we've seen that in church, churches? When people? When's the last time we've seen a real will crushing, soul rending, a uh, 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 work of the power of God to crush our will and break our hearts and produce a long lasting repentance in the in the in the heart of the the person that heard the preaching? We, we don't have that today, folks. That, that is a rarity today, which in days gone by it wasn't all that uncommon. I mean, I tell stories about things that went on when I first started preaching and the people that showed up and the way God worked. And and, you, and, and I understand we're not living in those days. I think we're living in days of this kind. This kind demands more. You're going to have to do more. What are you going to do with what you know? Okay, we understand our, our churches are diminishing. Uh, the older the older generation that's been faithful for 50, 60 years is going on to their reward. Thank God for them. I, I praise God for them. I, I, that's one reason I like to go and support these, these preachers. Even though churches, a lot of churches don't have a lot of members anymore, I like to go over and support them. I'm thankful to them for carrying that burden to deliver it to me this day. They've seen things and and days gone by we're not sin day and they're all saying this. Every one of them that I'm talking to. People that you know. Men that you know that's in the work of the Lord saying man it ain't never been like this before. We got everything but the power of God. Listen to what we've got tonight. We've got good preachers. I fellowship some of the best preachers I think that's out there. I listen to the radio. I've listened to that contemporary crowd stuff and all that. You know, you hear all that. I I know people that's in other places, but our fellowship of preachers are some of the best preachers that I know. We got good preachers. There's, I don't believe there's anything wrong with the preachers. We got great sermons. I mean, we got good sermons. Points lined up, things that are true, deal with our hearts. Right in the word of God, rightly dividing the word of truth, applicable to the things of the day, we've got that, good preachers, great sermons, we've got deep messages. And I do think we need to get deeper. That man that found that rock had to dig deep, and we're, have, we're going to have to dig through a lot of stuff to get on that rock today. We don't, our institution has felt a family institution gone in America. They're, they're they're destroying it Satan comes to kill steal and destroy and he's destroyed the family in America our government is propagating and promoting and giving money to having uh, uh, heathenistic type families where there's no husband no no they glory in their shame they don't they don't promote the the uh, nuclear family and traditional marriage I mean you, you you're uh, something wrong with you if you believe in that because there's so many that are not that a way, and the, and the government, you know, can sell their votes, sell their soul for a vote, and get people to vote for them, and pay them this money, and the family's gone, and our our institutions are gone, and the church now has no power. And I'm confessing it. I'm I'm, I'm confessing to God, it it ain't, Lord. We got everything but power. We got deep messages. We've got the latest technology, man. They, I'm telling you, we're living in a day and I'm not. I have nobody in mind here. I'm just confessing, okay? But we got pastors and preachers more interested in technology than they are the power of God, and they think they think that in a microphone system set up and some kind of deal like that, that that's just really going to develop and that's really going to do something for the church. I don't, folks. I mean, you can have that if you want it. But that don't bring the power of God. And to wall around that kind of stuff and just go on and on and try to come up with the latest technology. We've got big buildings. We've got nice buildings. We've got a lot better buildings than our forefathers had. Most of them didn't even have a building. What they had, I mean, we're, we're living in a day and time, and I'm confessing now, we're living in a day and time if the temperature goes within three degrees either direction of my comfort zone, I ain't coming back. We we can't endure hardness as a good soldier. We don't endure softness. We can't take it. We can't take an hour's worth of preaching, have a song, another hour's worth of preaching. We we just, I mean, it eats us up. It tears us up. Now we'll go home from here and go home and sit in a lazy chair and watch TV. Well, that that pew's just as good a cushion as your couch at home. The only difference is you can't lay down on it. You're scared the preacher will get on to you. We got big buildings. We've got all the finest array. We've got more food than we could ever eat. we got money. Money ain't our problem. But money's not our problem. we got everything in, in church work today but the power of God. We've still got liberty in America, at least for a while, to be able to go and do. They're, they're, they're peaching down on it. We better, take, we better redeem the time. And so I'm confessing to God tonight, that we've got everything but the power of God. Listen, you can't manufacture the power of God. You cannot, I don't care how loud we scream. I don't care what we do running up and down here and running down that aisle and twisting on people and getting in their face and slapping them upside the head. You cannot manufacture that soul crushing power of God that gets down in behind somebody's fifth rib and does a work of great. You can't manufacture that. You can't manufacture the love of God. Man, the love of, uh, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. That's where we're at today. And when the love of many waxes cold, sin rises. Transgressions go up because iniquity is abound and we're not forgiven. We're not, we, you know, we're not doing what the Lord told us to do in the Scriptures. What we know to do. And the love of many has waxed cold. Jesus told the church at Ephesus, I got something to get you. You've got good doctrine." You've got straight preaching, you found out these lying preachers are no good, and they're of the devil, but you've left your first love. And if you don't get that right, I'm going to remove your candlestick out of its place, and I think we're living in a day and time when churches have lost their candlestick and they don't even know it. That light, that light, the light of the world is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the scriptures tell us of His light. He was that light, that lighteth every man that cometh in the world. And so we've got everything tonight, but the power of God. Don't your soul thirst for the power of God? Don't you want to see that that power of God on display and God work in our midst? And it's more than just all the deep sermons and all the great points and all that we do and all that we give. And whatever. I want to see the power of God. I want to see it like we've seen it in the days of old. I want to see people, I want to really see churches get revived. I've been in one revival that I know of. And it lasted about two years. One revival. I didn't say one week's meeting. I said one revival where God got in in the church and stirred around and people, and the Lord added to the church and the display of the power was of the Lord and not of men. And it was long lasting. It kept on going. It, it had an effect in other people's lives. People were attracted and drawn. Sinners you couldn't get to come to church would come to church. You know why? Because you can't manufacture the grace of God. You can knock on every door in this city two times, three times, pass out every track you got. But if the grace of God doesn't draw them, they're not coming. You can't manufacture it. So I'm confessing it tonight. Lord, we ain't got the power of God. We're like those. We're like those disciples. That they could not cast him out. They were perplexed about that. They went to the Lord and said, "What? What's wrong? We used to do this. We've done this before. Why could we not cast him out?" He said, "This ain't the same kind. This is going to. This is going to uh, require you to do something more than you've been doing. If we're gonna have what this pastor wants to have, we're gonna have to do more than we've been doing." We're gonna to have to go further, invest more, do more, pray more. Not not necessarily to preach more. I i, I we got the best preachers I know. But we're gonna to have to do something we're gonna to have to do something more inwardly in our lives. We're gonna to have to start by confessing it. As long as as long as we're willing to let it keep going like we're like it's going, I believe God says, Okay, you can do it. If you want to do it that way without me, I'll let you do it. Well, I'm telling him I don't want to do it. I'm like Moses, Lord. If you don't go up, I don't want to go up. If you don't take us out and lead us through, I don't want to go. There ain't enough money in it. There ain't enough prestige in it. There ain't enough. I just don't want to go if you don't go with us. And so I'm confessing tonight: we got everything but the power of God, folks. We're like Samson without a hair with a haircut. That's what we're like. I mean, we've done the mighty works of God in days gone by. We've seen God's power on display and and things work. But we've messed around and trifled around with this world and our churches today to the point that our hair's been cut off and we've lost our power with God and we wish not that the Spirit's departed from us. I'm telling you, you've, 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 you've come to see a generation of preachers raised up to manufacture God's power. And if it ain't there, they'll tell you it's there. I don't believe everything a preacher says just because he says it. I tell I hear all this all the time. Well, he's doing a great work for God. Well, I sure would like to see that. I'd like to see a great work done for God. I've seen a little bit of that and I ain't seen much out of the day and just on and on and on propping up something about somebody's favorite preacher. You don't know if he's doing a great work for God or not. The day shall declare the work of what sort it is. We need to understand that. And so we need the power of God, folks. Aren't we tired? Aren't we Aren't we tired of not seeing the display of the power of God? Are you satisfied with the way it is? You're here because you're not satisfied. So we're going to have to do something more. Something else, something else is going to have to happen. We're like King Saul after he spared Agag. We got some Agags in our life. God told him, I'm going to give you power to kill that bunch of Malachites. You kill everything, wipe it out. See, that's what God wants us to do with the world. He don't want no bleating sheep for his sacrifices. What we're doing in the house, of God is bringing, bringing God these these offerings up here, and they sacrifice it. God said, look here, God, we saved this for you. This is for you. God don't want it. He said, kill it. And when Saul spared Agag, it did, he could not repent. To the satisfaction of God where God would go with him. The Bible said The spirit departed, God God departed from him and an evil spirit from the Lord dwelt with him. Messed with him. That's where we're at. I'm confessing it. I'm confessing it before God tonight. And so, we're like the seven sons of Sceva. We're preaching Jesus whom Paul preached. We're going in there with the right message. I believe the message is right. But the devil says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? We don't, we don't have enough power to, to even for the devils to notice us today. We're standing up, we, we trumpet loud in the pulpit. What about out there? Are we, is anything happening away from here? There ain't much happening here. What about away from here? What about where the victory's won? We're like the Israelites when the Philistines came up and, and Goliath stepped out. We're standing over there hooping and hollering, but we're not engaging the giants. We need our David to show up. We need our champion to show up and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ and he needs to weld his sword of mighty power and do a work in our midst and we're not going to get that in our day. We can keep listening folks. Some of the best preachers and men I know esteem them highly in love for their work's sake are going on and going on and their churches are diminishing and diminishing and people are dropping out at churches that I grew up with when I was a kid right. Uh, grew up, and when I first started preaching and preached revivals, there are dead today because everybody died off and nobody replaced them. And every church in our fellowship is a candidate for that if God's power don't show up. I'm confessing it. We need the power of God. We need God to do something. First of all, the true gospel always brings affliction. We don't like affliction. Paul told Timothy, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. It's going to afflict us for God's power to be on display. We have to be partaker of the afflictions that come with the true gospel. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going. Baptists included. There's a lot of people never been born again. We're preaching sermons. I hear a, a salvation message on lost church members of getting born again everywhere I go. And we got that problem. That's among us. That's, that's what happens when you don't have the power of God. People giant up and they don't have nothing out on the inside. And you try to keep them going, keep them going, keep them going. And, and pastors can look. You've got oversight capability from God and you see they're leaving. They're gone. I'm predicting some in my, my church right now in two years, if something don't change, something on that, I'm done telling my wife they're gone. They're gone. They're not going to stay. We need a working of God in our midst. That's what this meeting needs to be about. We need a, we don't just, we yes, yes, we need to be exhorted and encouraged and reproved and rebuked, but we need God to do something for us. And we need to start by telling Him, Lord, we're tired of doing it without you. And we're not going to try to manufacture it. And we're not going to try to, we're not going to try to fake it, Lord. We're just, we're waiting on you. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. And He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry cave. That's what we need in our day and time. We got everything but the power of God. Listen to me. No perverted gospel. Now you just do that what you want to and we'll meet it in judgment. What you think might be perverted, no perverted doc, uh, gospel produces a new birth. It does not produce a new birth. And if there's no new birth, there ain't no power. And I think we got a lot of folks who never experienced a new birth because the gospel's no good. Preachers, listen, talk is cheap. Preaching is cheap, especially if you're getting paid for it. Amen? And we got preachers that are producing salvation that God's not involved in. I heard a preacher one time went to a week's meeting. He preached all week. We're not easy believe here. We're not easy-believe-ism here. We're not easy-believe-ism here. And on Friday night, some little kid about six years old and the mom and the daddy come down there and the daddy looked like he'd rather be playing golf somewhere than he would be in that church. Amen. He was so out of place. And that preacher called him down there and he, I done heard him all week long talk about we don't profess for him. We don't confess for him. We don't do that. And he come down there and that little kid come down there shaking and scared to death. You know what he did? He made his profession for him. Mama didn't say nothing. Daddy didn't say nothing. The kid didn't say nothing. And the preacher said something and they called a the church in the conference and voted to receive him as a member. That's what we got today. God ain't in that stuff. God ain't three million miles from that stuff. Amen. I ain't looking for no success if somebody come to the altar because I got through preaching. I tell you what'll happen. somebody God gets in that thing, they'll make an altar themselves. It won't be. You won't have to come down here, and, but you can come down here, and I'm, I come down here. I'm not, I'm not against that. But what we need to do is come to the Lord. We need God working on us. We need to, so no new, no perverted gospel produces the new new birth. What a fix, no power, is conviction. We've lost our conviction. We're not really convicted. We've become accustomed to the, to the way it is. And we're just going on and going on. We don't know what to do. You know, Jesus delights in helping people don't know what to do. You know what that man said, Lord, we don't know what to do. I mean, if thou canst do anything, he, Jesus said, don't put the if on me. If you can believe, all things are possible. You think it's possible to have the mighty power of God? More of what we've seen? More of what we got? I'm saying we don't have it. I'm saying it's possible to have it. I'm saying it's possible to see the Lord do a work in our midst that everybody knows. You, you don't have to talk. Everybody know. Oh, they'll know. We'll all know it. Sinners will know it. Saints will know it. The church will know it. The community will know it. Your family will know it. It's like Moses coming down off that mountain. You'll have that go. And everybody will know. But you've got to understand that if we don't have it, we can't just keep going like we're going. We're going to keep getting what we're getting. Amen. We drive a long way. We can do whatever. But there's something missing. I think it starts with confessing confess it. Oh God. Cry out to the Lord. Oh Lord. I'm tired of this. Uh, You know dry. I mean just the best as you can preach and it's just people there's no response. It ain't doing nothing. And we see it. And so we bear down harder in the preaching. We put we, we get you know I say it like this you hit them upside the head with a two by four. It still ain't doing nothing. You can't do it. You can't manufacture it. It takes the work of the Lord. We got everything but the power of God. We need conviction. Here's another thing no crucified with Christ, no power. If you ain't crucified with Him, there'll never be any power. No self denial, no power. The power comes by denying self. The power comes by telling God, I ain't got it. The power comes by being crucified with Christ. All them apostles were ready for that kingdom. Matter of fact, the night Jesus was betrayed, they argued who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Peter goes down there in Luke's gospel. He gets down there and Peter says, Not so, Lord, be it far from thee. They want to go anywhere and do anything but go to that cross. And that's the way it is today. We're preaching on the cross, but people ain't going to the cross. They're coming up short. Something's happening. They're not getting to the cross where they get killed out. I mean, that's that. He that falls on this stone shall be broken all the way down, broken. That soul crushing, breaking. I mean, where there's nothing left in you. You are totally emptied out. That's what God done in my life. The power of God came on me. It, it, it transformed everything about everything I knew. I mean, I want to see that again. I want to see sinners get that away again. Hey, man, I've experienced that. I've seen a little bit of that. We're not seeing much of that today. Sinners are coming like they come and leaving like they came. You're knocking on doors. You're going out witnessing to people, but no display of the power of God. It is possible, but we got to get that if out. We got to acknowledge this. We got everything but power. And so the Lord says, "The Lord says you got to be." Paul said, "I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I don't get to make the decisions. I don't get to determine how things are. I mean, listen, folks." one of the the most elementary ways to see the power of God displayed in the Scriptures is by simple obedience. Obey what He said. Just obey the Lord and what He said. Not a lot of obedience. A lot of listening. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he deceiveth himself and his religion is in vain. We got a lot of people here, but not a lot of people to Obey the Lord. Confess your faults one another. Confess your sins. If you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Folks, when I first got saved, people would come up and confess all the time. Preacher and preach, somebody would be a squalling and a crying and confessing, get everybody all unnerved. I mean, they'd come down and, here's what you did here. Well, I've had a harbored bitterness in my heart against so-and-so. Didn't even know it. Some was right but we didn't know what that and they started confessing that person over there and said really? Well you know I didn't know that and most of the time when you've been transgressed most of the time in church work they don't know they've done that. The devil sits down and eats cookies and drinks milk with you and gets that all in your mind somebody's against you. So I got that in my church right now. I preach on it every time I get up free. The Satan is deceiving you thinking somebody's got something against you. They, they, who are you? That we think about you that much. You ain't that important. You live in my mind rent free that I'm just going I'm gonna live my life worried about what you think about me. I, that's, I tell them at my church that's gnats. That's like mosquitoes buzzing around. Get that, I'm not going amen. But if you if there's a problem, what does he say? If thy brother offend thee, trespass against thee, you go to him. He gives us the instruction. That's just one area. That's one area. And every area of Faithfulness has to be backed up by obedience. When's the last time you heard a good, I'm talking about a good heart cleansing confession. Used to hear them. You know why we heard them? The Spirit of God was involved. You know why we ain't hearing them today? Spirit of God ain't involved. Unless everybody's resisting the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you who will confess that first the most spiritual in the building. See, we're sitting here waiting on these meth addicts and drug addicts and all that and and they need to get saved. But the most spiritual in the body is going to be the most sensitive to sin. No more confession. I don't see that. No, we went to church last night. Everybody there ought to confess how dead it was. I did. I don't like it. I'm never going to like it. Satan likes it dead. Amen. And so he's just lulled us to sleep. He's given us, uh, you know, the the muscle relaxer, relaxing our heart. We don't confess nothing anymore. We're deader than last year's bird nest. We don't say nothing about it. Our kids and our grandkids are going to hell. We don't confess that. We don't weep and cry over them. One dear brother that's gonna be here this week. That's what he says. He said we don't have no more tears. Our tears are dried up, and they are dried up. It takes God to break your heart. God hears a, a broken and a contrite spirit. We, when's the last time you have seen that? You say we got everything. That's where it starts, and we've got everything but that. Everything but the power of God. You got people that sitting here tonight and don't want to be here. They ain't gonna confess it for nothing. You got people that are scared. God said, Jesus said, "Be not afraid." We're scared of this and scared of that and scared of the economy, and it can thunder over our way. And I got one church member wants to call church off. I, and, and listen, every Southern Baptist church around me gets on that Facebook. We're canceling services, thunderstorm coming. I said, What a bunch of pansies. What a bunch of sissies. And, and she gets all been out of shape about thunder and lightning and all that kind of stuff. Amen? Of course, I rarely. What she need to do is confess it and quit being so careful. Be careful for nothing, but by prayer, uh, prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Confess that stuff. We got people animosity in their heart. They don't love one another with a pure heart fervently. Don't you kid yourself. I'm confessing our sins and I know what it is to love one another with a pure heart fervently. We ain't got that in church today. We barely tolerate each other for three hours. If it gets more than that, we can't hardly stand each other. Amen. We need to confess these things, folks. We're not confessing no more. There's no more confessing. Not where I go. We're, we're, our 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 churches are dying. Nobody's confessing that. Preachers act like they're scared to say it in case it, it might be really it might be really true. Well, I'm here telling you, it's true, folks. These young preachers coming on behind me, where I live, there used to be lots of places to preach at. They ain't there no more. There is no church there. Lots of communities. the The church has died. I'll never. You'll never. People's everywhere. I went over there last night. That good rural community, I love I love rural America. I told my wife, I said, I love this kind of country. I love these country churches. Just people scattered everywhere. Nobody at church. Nobody's going. Satan has blinded us in America today. And look, it starts with the church. He said, Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. Our lights went out, folks. I'm confessing it. God, we got everything but power. I want to see your power. Go to Matthew chapter six. Let me show you something right quick. This gets into the preacher realm, and I'm starting with me. I'm very careful that I don't try to steal God's glory, pilfer His glory for me. Now I don't believe in I don't believe in a premium on ignorance and being stupid in the pulpit. I do believe in studying. And he's right. What I meant this morning was. I don't believe you study long enough to make sure your perfection is so good in that lesson that no preacher can say anything against you. You know, baby, we need a few of them fellas saying something against us. Amen. But of that affliction that comes with that. I'm here to tell you, if you're living for God, Jesus is in your heart. Listen to me, folks. The best preachers that ever lived didn't even have a New Testament. They preached the Old Testament. They didn't have no New Testament scriptures for decades. After what we got now. Our early forefathers didn't even have a Bible. Them early churches in them dark ages, they didn't have no Bible. Wasn't no printing. Amen. It was word of mouth. It was testimony. Y'all act like y'all don't believe that. You study your history. Find out when the first books were written. Well, how how for three and four hundred, five, six, seven hundred years did God get his church down here when we didn't have no printed Bible? Think about that. See, we think shallow. We think about root deep. We think it's been like this all the way back. It wasn't like this all the way back. Amen. They give their lives and their children were plucked from them over the, over the doctrine of baptism. That wicked Catholic church murdered and killed a bunch of people. You're not supposed to say anything about that. But I'm going to say it every time I preach. They got blood on their hands. Martyrs. Millions of them. Quit patting the trail of blood if you don't believe it. They print that thing. I give that out everywhere I go. I've seen a Catholic get saved from getting that. Now, he got mad first, buddy. I mean, he got hot. And so, But he had an honest place in his heart. And so he gets out of the religious world. He goes to a college encyclopedia. He checked that dark ages back there. And it was the Catholics that burned all the books and got their Vatican Library. I wouldn't give you a the, the only thing I'd give you for a Vatican Library is a hand grenade. We don't need no Vatican Library. That bunch of they're full of the, that's that First Timothy four speaking lies in hypocrisy forbidding to marry, eat right stuff. That eat right stuff got over in the Baptist. Amen. I don't want to get off on that. But I'm saying here tonight we got all look at what he says in Matthew chapter 6. He says in verse 13 and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I want to be real careful as a preacher and I got about some of my church here and they know what I'm saying that I don't take the glory from him. And I don't try to take the power from him. I have no power. There is no power. I'm like Joseph down there. Said it ain't in me. I'm like Daniel. It's not in me. Most preachers think it's in them. That's why they. That's why they go around. Look, can I? Can I just get real serious and right here? Oh, I got. If you'll preach for me, I'll preach for you, and I'll pay you, and you pay me, and I got my click And you do this for me, and I'll do it for you. Amen. And we get this little arrangement made. That's right. I despise that stuff. I can smell that stuff three miles away. Amen. It's a garbage heap. You're instant in season, out of season. You don't just get your little click, see who you can go preach for, and they come preach for you. I'm not opposed to fellowship. I got good fellowship with good brethren. But all of the the power and the glory belong to God we start getting over into His realm and my preaching and my message, listen, first of all, it ain't your message. It's His message. You ain't got a message if He didn't give it to you. Amen. What we need to do probably more is pray more over what we're going to say. Meditate on that thing. Go to work, meditate on the good Word of God. Study it, read it, learn it, remember it, but think about it. Pray to God, Lord, what is the deal here? Well, one thing I know, there ain't no power. I'm confessing that. I know that. And so if you deny him the thine part, you don't get no power. No preacher. There's a lot of preachers. And folks, you know, the, the the more that happens, the worse they get. And it becomes thine. And then they start putting stuff on the internet about them. And then they start selling things in their name. And all this stuff. And the just gets sucked up by that. I wouldn't walk across through that door to listen to anybody like that. I'd rather have somebody that's been with God a little while in their, in their prayer closet reading their Bible and stand up and preach God's word than all these big time high name people I'm supposed to drive across the country to see. Amen. You can't get close to them they're not easily to be. You know what the wisdom from above is? Pure, Pure, without hypocrisy. Easy to be entreated. Some of these fellas get through preaching. You can't get within twenty feet of them. They think they got the go of God on them. They won't talk to you. I told when I'm here. Last time I was over here, I said I heard your message. I got it. You go give it to me. It come straight from you. And I heard just what you're saying. I want you to know I heard that. <laughs> it, it shocked him. He come up to me later and said, "Man, what are you talking about?" I said, "I heard your message. Was you preaching to me? Why, why don't we be honest about that?" Right. Right. Amen. Right. Just trying to act like I got something nobody else got. Are you easy to be entreated? The people, the people feel comfortable being with you after you get through preaching the wisdom that is from above easily, interest. no, we want to be so high and lifted up in ourselves, we want everybody to not come around me, that's not the kind of preacher I like I like a preacher with good fellowship, I like a spirit of liberty and good fellowship these high and mighty fellows, they're pilfering the, the power and the glory for themselves folks, and we're going to find it out in judgment you making they're making they make circumvent heaven and earth, make a proselyte. When they made him, they make him twofold more of the child of hell than they are. Amen. John, they told John, Jesus made more disciples than you and baptized more than you. He said, That's what's supposed to go on. He's supposed to increase, not supposed to decrease. Paul said, I don't know who I baptized down there. You ain't my disciple. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians one, read it. He said, I don't remember who I baptized. God didn't send me down there to baptize anybody. He sent me down there to preach the gospel. Amen. And so, only when it's thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever and ever. He said in Matthew 28, all power both in heaven and earth is given unto me. That means it, He retains it. He's a, it's exclusive with the Lord. I don't have a draft of it not one bit of it I can read this good old book this infallible incorruptible word of God and if he retains his power in himself my preaching don't do nothing Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 well let's go over and read it I, I quoted this morning but let's just read it this is, this is the spirit that we have to have brethren 1 Corinthians chapter 2 we got to have this right here I came not unto you with excellency of speech or wisdom now I preach this I'll these Bible conferences, because I'm convinced that preachers study to have excellency of speech. Amen. And I thank y'all do your best for God. That's what I'm trying to do. But it ain't in my excellency of speech, nor in my wisdom, my ability, as we heard a while ago, is given to me. God is the enabler. He He gives me the ability. So, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, Him crucified. So here, here's what I get out of that. Here's what I get. I'm determined. Not, I don't want none of it. I'm not trying to get it. My wife said for a year, why do you say that? I said, I'm not up there trying to get them to like me. I'm not up there to try to get them to not like me. I'm up there to try to stand up there and do what God told me to do. Preach the word of God. I am not, I determine not to be a men pleaser. I don't preach for preachers so I go preach for preachers. I ain't doing it. I determine not to know anything among you save Christ Him crucified. I'm putting it all on the Lord. And I was with you in weakness, fear, and much trembling, and my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit of power and of power. That's what we don't have. We do not have it. We don't have it. I'm confessing it. I'm telling God. He knows. I've done been telling Him. We don't have it, Lord. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry we've done what we've done. I'm sorry we've drifted over into this. I'm sorry all this convenience and pleasure and money and all these things that we have today have corrupted us. God told Israel, He said, you're going to go in there and you're going to go in the house you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant and you're just going to move in. He said, beware, lest at any time you forget God. Matter of fact, He went on to say, Moses said, I know you're going to forget God. You're going to forget Him. Like that's about what we've done in church. We forgot God. And I'm talking about us now. I know America's forgot him. The America's hostile to God. But I'm talking about churches, folks. We got everything but the power of God. You know, I, I, I thought about old Elijah and I'm I'm done. I, there's a lot of verses. If he don't have the preeminence, there ain't no power. I refuse to take the preeminence. I'm thankful. I like fellowship. And I'm thankful for a brother to have enough confidence in me to use me. But I don't want the preeminence. Right. That preeminence belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought about Elijah. He went up on Mount Carmel. And that crowd over there, they jumped and screamed and hollered and cut their and did all their religious didos. And if they could have called fire down out of heaven, they'd have done it. Or hell or somewhere. And God said, nothing to it. And oh Elijah, man, Elijah. Now that you talking about a man of God. He come near with a with a kind of a soft voice. He said, Oh Lord, you show this people that I've done all these things at your word, and that the power belongs to you. And this is nothing of myself, that you might turn this people's heart back to you. That in about the way I'm doing it. And God was pleased and the fire fell, and you know what happened? Burned a hole in the ground, and everybody said, here's what everybody said. No, that, listen, they didn't say, oh, Elijah! Oh, Elijah! No. They said, oh, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And that's what we need in our service. Whatever brings that is what we need. And I think the way we start that is by confessing